When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's usually called the practice report. I think the next two weeks we're just going to rename the thing. It's the Purdue report. Next week will be the Penn State report, and then we'll just get back to calling it the practice report. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Baxter. I am Spencer Holbrook, trying to find new and innovative ways to start these videos every single week. You could call it the PU report and then the PSU report. I think I'll stick with Purdue and Penn State there, Tim. Thank you, though. I appreciate the suggestion. Uh, What I will suggest to you, Tim, is to give me your big takeaways after hearing, well, take away, because we'll get into takeaways from hearing from Ryan Day through that door and Jim Knowles through that door on a nice, beautiful October Tuesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Well, my biggest takeaway is a factual thing because, you know, the idea of of the offensive line being presto changeo fixed, you know, that's – we're not talking about magic here. You know, if they could do that, they would have done that in August. Uh, so we'll see if that's a prog- uh, work in progress. Definitely is a work in progress. We'll see if it gets better this week. My factual takeaway is that Trevion Henderson is going to be available this week. Yep. I think it's big for for the running game. Uh, and uh, Mecca Ibuka, I think it's pretty clear he's not going to play this week. Uh, he came out in a walking boot after the game was over uh, this past weekend. Uh, after getting popped three or four times, big time, uh, you know, I, I was under the impression, and I, I said this yesterday on our report, that this is not a long-term deal for him. There's no broken bone involved or anything like that, but uh, he could be on a week-to-week basis starting maybe next week, meaning that's when the week-to-week would start, I think. So, uh, as uh, Ryan Day said, it's not a long-term thing. And believe me, you're going to need all parts of this offense as the game goes on. All all of the major parts of this offense contributing uh, in a couple of huge games coming down the pike. So that's my big takeaway uh, is just the factual aspect of it. Well, thanks, Tim, because that gets us to the housekeeping notes. So like Tim said, Travion Henderson is good to go. We expected that uh, from last week when Ryan Day talked and then this week when, when Ryan Day talked. And on Saturday when he said he should be ready, it was just precautionary. They kept him out last week. He's good to go. That's box number one. Box number two is a Mecca. I would agree with that, Tim. The sentiment there from Ryan Day, I would not expect a Mecca Ibuka to play on Tuesday. But also, Marvin Harrison Jr. had a pretty bad ankle sprain and played. So it's not a definitive that a Mecca Ibuka will not play on Tuesday. We are not reporting that. But right now, there are beginning to be indications that I would not expect him to play at this point. Yeah, I don't think uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. left the stadium that day with a no, 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 no. So that's the difference. Yeah, severity. Exactly. And then the third housekeeping note is Dallin Hayden is redshirting, which I think is something that 
it's just very interesting. Um, it is what it it's is like at this point. The sun came up this morning, right? It is what it is at this point. Um, they have four games to use him. I guess Saturday wasn't the appropriate time to do that, but they still have four games to use him at some point. Well, they point. used him at Indiana. Remember, he caught a caught a. Okay, they've he got was three in there for late in that game. Caught a pass or a pass was thrown to him by Devin Brown. So they've got they, three more games yeah. to use him. So all of that. Finally, I'll get to Andy. I'm sorry, Andy. I don't mean to keep you quiet over there. Uh, which of those three items? of housekeeping notes, I guess, for the Ohio State Buckeyes concerns you, intrigues you, uh, you know, gets you in a, in a weird mood? Like, what, what, what are you feeling? Uh, okay, well, I'll say for yeah, the what Emeka, are you feeling, Andy? <laughs> the Emeka Buka situation, I think we're going to see Xavier Johnson a lot in the slot. That's who mm-hmm. we saw in the slot replacing Emeka in that game Saturday against Maryland. He looked pretty good. I mean, he was a target on a few passes. I think he was in the slot seven of ten pass plays that he was in that game for. The other thing about Dallin Hayden that's interesting uh, is that, you know, it's when they need him to play, they'll go to him this year. It feels like he's waiting on, like, hey, can we stay healthy with this backfield? Already Travion misses one game. You, you know what happened last year, right, with this backfield, and everyone got hurt seemingly. So I think that for Dallin Hayden, like, they won't use him until they absolutely have to this year. Yeah, they won't use until the tornado siren is sounding and you can see the tornado on the ground. I think that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, and so that leads us into the discussion about the run game because the offensive line and this run game are definitely at the core of everything everyone's talking about right now. I think that's where we should probably shift into. And I think, you know, Ryan Day talked about it today. Like, they need to be better. It comes down to execution because he says when he watches the film, is it the coaching, is it the scheme, or is it the execution? Uh, and then the personnel is factored in there as well, right? He said, I think we have the players to do it. I think the scheme for the most part is the right fit, but the execution is not where it needs to be, and everyone needs to take responsibility for that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Every, everybody, the collective, whether that's Justin Fry, whether that's Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, the offensive coordinator, all five guys on that offensive line, the five behind them that aren't in the lineup because the five ahead of them are better, push them to be better as well. So it is a entire, I mean, the running backs too, Kyle McCord. It's a collective effort to get better in this running game, and it has to happen. I thought one of the most interesting things Ryan Day said, uh, Tim, was that he's learned his lesson on abandoning the run game, whether that's yeah. 484 against Oregon, whether that's all the way back in 2018 with 70 pass attempts in a loss to Purdue uh, with Dwayne Haskins, whether that's abandoning the running game against Michigan in 2021 in the snow, whether that's you know at any point during the Ryan Day tenure, he has learned his lesson, is what he said, not my words, his, on abandoning the running game, and he will not do it. And so you can expect if the Buckeyes are rushing for two yards a carry, they're still going to run the ball because they cannot they cannot thrive as an offense if the running game looks like it did on Saturday yeah. against Maryland. But he stated his, you know, since day one taking over his head coach and even before that, you've got to have a running game. Yep. For all kinds of reasons. Just like the loss you you just brought up there against Oregon, you know. Oregon beat Ohio State running the ball. I mean, yeah. They ran the same play in a different version of the same play three times for touchdowns. That that's when you know you got your running game clicking. Uh, is when you can do things like that. The way you know you've got your passing game clicking, which Ohio State has long had, in my opinion, you know, yeah, you have first-year starting quarterback this year, uh, Kyle McCord stepping up. But when they when they scored on two straight touchdown passes to Marvin Harrison Jr. Saturday, that was a sight to behold. You know, one's a square in across from the left side, illegal motion penalty, square in basically, from the right side, cross, big time bullet throw from uh, from uh, Cal McCord to Marvin Harrison Jr. That's when you know your passing game is clicking. 
is when you can do that two get two plays in a row <clears throat> and them knowing what's coming for the most part you want your offensive line and your running game to be on that same level you're not gonna you're not gonna always gain five yards of carry on every carry because the other team as a the old saying goes as I brought up to even Jim Knowles uh, today is the other team practices too you know they've got some things involved a lot of times the other team is taking some chances trying to stop your running game to make you more predictable to throw the ball so they can be a little more, you know, ready to stop the throw. I mean, it's kind of an interesting uh, 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 symbiotic relationship that goes on there if they can make it happen. Uh, but the bottom line is they do have to get the running game going. They, and I'm talking about, you know, not 50 yards of a carry, but four or five yards of carry is not a whole lot to ask uh, going six games into the season now, going against this Purdue defense, which has struggled off and on to be consistent against the run. Yeah. Uh, just like their offense had been struggled all, all along to be consistent, period. So, yeah, this will be another one of those acid tests on Saturday. Yeah, you've got, they've got to be able to run the ball. I've got saliva flying out of my mouth. I'm so fired up about it. Yeah, I asked for the news and not the weather, too. Yeah, there you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they have to be able to run the ball. That's the bottom line. Here's the here's at the bit, here's man. the here's what Tim likes to say. The bottom line is, this offensive line in 2023 is not going to have two starters in the NFL next year, like the one last year did. This offensive line is not winning the Joe Moore Award. It will not even be considered for the Joe Moore Award right. in any Wait, sense. There's seven games left in the regular season. They're still not winning that award. Okay, um, I'm just throwing that out there. This offensive line is not going to be the best offensive <laughs> line in the Big Ten, like it's supposed to be. Those are the facts. So how do you get better in the running game with the cards that you have now dealt yourself in a way, but been dealt um, in another way? That's the question here. And like you said, scheme, coaching, personnel. I don't think the coaching is the issue. I see a scheme and the technique when it's done correctly that looks really good. When it's done correctly, it looks good. I don't blame as much the personnel. I blame the execution by the personnel which also goes into coaching and scheme. You have to execute. And it's not Justin Fry that's not getting to the second level to put a hat on a linebacker. It's not Justin Fry that's not getting into the hole as a pulling guard or tackle to, to pave a lane for a running back. Those are the things that have to be improved, but that also goes into coaching and scheme to make sure that you have the right scheme and the right coaching technique to get through to these guys to make it all happen, Andy. Yeah, well, to go to your point about the personnel, like. They believe that this is the five best they put on the field that are able to work for this offensive line. Because he said, Brian Day said, look, there's no one beneath those five that is pushing right now to deserve 20 to 30 snaps per game. So uh -oh. that shows you that there is a gap between mm -hmm. the five that are out there and the five that are on the second team. And so whether you like it or not, as a fan of this team, like those are the five they're putting out there and those are the five they believe give them the best chance to win every week so as you said it goes down to execution and I thought it was interesting with scheme though because he was asked about you know that stretch zone run concept that they use a lot and has worked beautifully at times over the years it's just not worked very well this year and so Ryan Day was asked about that concept he said you know it's something we constantly have to evaluate like what is the best fit for the group we have right now curious to see as we go forward if anything changes because he did mention later in the press conference that you can't keep beating your head against the wall yeah. at some point you do need to make a change even if it doesn't mean abandoning the run game altogether yeah and that stretch game I mean it's also imperative that your running back make a choice almost like a kickoff return 
make a choice and cut up through a lane. You understand what I mean? There's all kinds of things going on there. And it's looked like the running backs, for the most part, are seeing mud in front of them instead of clear water for the, the best way of putting it. And uh, so that everything, any, anytime there's a slight hesitation on a cut or a cut back, uh, it changes the whole dynamic of the play. And more times than not, you're running into somebody instead of running by somebody. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the, you know, like I said, you know, yesterday when we were doing our video, it just seems like sometimes this running game is, the defense is getting tipped off on what's coming. You know, and a half second tip off is huge in the game of football with the way almost any defense can run and respond to things. Uh, so that's what's interesting. Uh, and the other thing is, you talked a while ago about the offensive line. Uh, it's not, it's not as much, it's execution, but it's execution on the fly. If you come off and you got a double team, you got a double team on the, like their nose or a double team on their three technique, then one of those guys has got to come off and get to a linebacker. You've, they're not getting to the linebackers on the second level. I mean, that's just a simplistic way of saying it but they're not consistently getting to the linebackers on the second level to, if anything else, screen them out of the play. And so there are all kinds of things going on here all at once. It's kind of like watching a washing machine, you know, early in the cycle before it goes to spin cycle. It's like early in the cycle and things are just not clear. Uh, and when you've got a running back who's hitting up in there and things aren't clear, you're gonna get what you got. Although on Saturday, Chip Trainum, like I said, uh, that great example, he ran right into a wall bounced out, came out to the left side, and got like five or eight, ten yards on a carry. You don't want that to be your running game. No. You know, that's not what you want as your running game. And there's got to be a door in the wall. Like I said, even when they get that eight yards, it just looks hard. It looks difficult. They're making everything in the running game look difficult, which is why I asked Ryan Day. Andy Backstrom over here did a great job finding this stat. I kind of poached it from him. I hope he doesn't mind. Kyle McCord was 8 of 11 for 187 yards and a touchdown on first down on Saturday. How much does that help the running game? Well, if you have that good of efficiency in the passing game on first and 10, you can't load the box on first and 10 and expect them to run stretch. That's just the way that it goes. So, I think those are things that can help. Ryan Day talked about there's long handoffs on screen passes that can help if you're not bounce passing them to Marvin Harrison Jr. on the first play of the game. So, there are ways to make up for lack of push on the offensive line in the running game, but this is certainly not a place that the offensive line wants to be in right now. There is a unit on this team, though, Andy, that is at a place that it wants to be right now, even though it's not satisfied, and that is this Ohio State defense. Jim Knowles talking about continuing to try to get better. Um, the blitzes that he was throwing at Maryland, um, you know, who is playing, who's not playing. What was your biggest takeaway from Jim Knowles? Yeah, I mean, he started off with talking about some of the edge guys. So JT Tuimolua was asked about, you know, how is he a run defense weapon? Because we always talk about JT Tuimolua with pass rushing. He said it's the combination of the size and the athleticism that he brings. And we saw that against Maryland. There were two different fourth down stops where he just came flying off the edge there and was the first on the scene to make a stop. So he's really coming on right now. So Caden Curry is another guy that was asked about, also a defensive end. And he said, you know, he just plays like his hair is on fire. Yeah. He's flying around. And I thought it was interesting was that Jim Knowles says he's a change of pace that you can throw at offenses. Mm -hmm. So that stuck out to me. I think we're going to see even more. Caden Where'd that guy forward. go? Where'd 92 go? I mean, that's the, the thing. You want you want to get the, the offensive front on its heels to a certain extent, you know. And uh, Caden Curry offers that. I mean, he's not always in the right place at the right time, but he usually arrives at the scene of the fire one way or the other. 
speaking of the hair being on fire. But you're you're exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, you heard me ask. Uh, I'm gonna write about this as soon as we're done here. Second half, Maryland came out with a an adjusted uh, drive. They obviously saved some stuff, but an adjusted drive went clickety clack right down the track, scored a touchdown. Maryland's offense from that moment on didn't do diddly. Had like 30 yards, I think, the rest of the game. I mean, you talk about the adjustments that were made quickly on the fly, like, you know, and that's the sign of a maturing defense based on this time a year ago that was still even learning kind of like what their responsibilities were from play to play in the uh, Jim Knowles system. Now you can translate screaming from Jim Knowles or yelling profusely from Jim Knowles to the assistant coaches, to the players, to seeing it on the field like that. That is so huge. And uh, that's what I'm seeing from this defense is, yeah, they've gotten, they've gotten burned burned as in a, a player two here, snicker, uh, snicker snacker here or there, snicker snacker is a play where you get a little bit more than maybe you should have. Oh. But but the adjustments, okay. uh, I just bailed myself out there with a, with a uh, stupid definition. But the adjustments that are being made, not just by Knowles and his staff, but by the players on the field is obvious, I think, to anybody. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I think it's one of the more improved units in the country. And as Jim Knowles will be the first to say, knock on, knock on wood, you've got uh, seven games left in the regular season starting Saturday. But it's really interesting how this defense has become, for one of another ter term, at least a force out there. If you want to see this defense play. I mean, look what they did to, to, to uh, uh, Tungavaloa on Saturday. Held him basically to half what he's used to. Yeah. They made, like I pointed out to Jim Knowles, when he did move and scramble, he had a couple of smooth ones, but most of them were more of a frantic nature than a designed, you know, all right, if they do this, I'm going to roll this way. A lot of times there was the defender there. He had to kind of make it up on the fly. He had a few successes, but they also forced some back plays out of him, not the least of which was Lathan Ransom's interception when Talik Williams chased a, a tongue of Aloha to the edge. If you'd like to see this defense play, Snicker, Snacker against Purdue, um, go to get the Game Time app and GameTime.co. It's the best place to get your tickets. $20 off when you use the promo code Buckeyes at checkout. $20 off with the promo code Buckeyes at checkout on GameTime.co or using the Game Time app. They also do this fun little thing. Uh, we haven't given it a name yet. I don't know if Game Time would like if we even gave it a name, but probably not, if but... you find a ticket cheaper than what you found your ticket on Game Time, that's in the same section or row on a competing ticket website, unnamed of course, because Game Time is the sponsor, and it's cheaper than Game Time, Game Time will send you 110% of the difference of that ticket, uh, which is just incredible. Um, you get to save some money, and then you use the promo code Buckeyes at checkout at the Game Time app or GameTime.co, and you save even more money. I don't know bucks, about you think, guys. Right? Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but with rising prices at every turn, one place where you can save some money while also splurging on yourself is at the Game Time app or at GameTime.co. Go watch Ohio State play uh, anytime this season, whether it's the Purdue game on the road, whether it's Penn State, whether you want to go up north to Ann Arbor and watch that uh, game when it happens late November. Go to GameTime.co or the GameTime app. Use that promo code Buckeyes. Get $20 off your first purchase. And remember, terms do apply. Terms always apply. That's why we keep them around, folks. He always reminds me. I'm your legal. I'm your legal consulary. Yeah, well, I'll just plead the fifth if I have you as my lawyer. Uh, defensively, I am really impressed with the way Jim Knowles mismatched his blitzes. 
Um, it's a little bit of intricacies. Nobody wants to stand on this field and listen to me talk about it. Um, but if I can just have a second, I thought it was very cool um, to use a, a, a layman's term, but very uh, interesting that Jim Knowles was bringing pressure and then simulating pressure and bringing it from elsewhere. We have not seen that level of simulation and pressure from Jim Knowles and this defense. Uh, Andy, I just thought it was very strategic the way he's starting to use these linebackers, use these safeties, manipulate offenses. He was getting Maryland to check and then going away from the check and making Maryland pay for the check. And I thought that it was a masterclass defensive game plan from Jim Knowles. And I hope to continue to see that if this Ohio State defense is going to keep getting better uh, as it heads to Purdue and then to Penn State. I really liked your question to Jim Knowles about Tommy Eichenberg in particular, showing pressure and then pulling back into the second level. It reminded me of last week a lot we were talking about with Tommy Eichenberg, them relying more on his brain and his mind this year than his aggressiveness from last year. And I think some of that they laid the foundation for last year with his aggressiveness is now helping them this year because mm -hmm. he can kind of disguise those blitzes even better because they know what he can do as a blitzer and a pass rusher. Uh, the other thing with blitzes, I mean, the, the best blitz of the day was Sonny Styles. Yeah. On that third and nine, I asked Jim Knowles about that when he said, you know, they, they want to use Sonny Styles in so many different ways. One of those ways is to surprise mm -hmm. other offenses. and and. He said they've only used 80% of what you could see from Sunny South. There's still that 20% left out there. Uh, maybe one of those blitzes, that, that third and nine blitz, was part of that hidden territory mm -hmm. we hadn't seen yet. But there's still some other stuff, some other wrinkles they haven't unveiled mm -hmm. so far. I, I like that. I, I start smiling because I think of things, but I like that check thing. It's like a blank check right now out of the Jim Knowles checkbook. Uh, it's interesting to think about what could be coming in that regard. You, definitely are saving stuff if you can for Penn State. You're definitely saving stuff if you can for Michigan. Those are the two biggest challenges down the road. But we all know about the jinx that's coming uh, for this uh, program. The ghosts that roam Ross-Aid Stadium whenever Ohio State shows up, they get involved, those ghosts do, you know? Yeah. They, they don't always get involved with all of uh, <laughs> Purdue's home games, as we've seen. Uh, but yeah, back to the defense, I'm just, uh, it's, it's just curious how, and somebody asked him about this, it's basically, I'm paraphrasing, but you can make the other team, we saw the other team flinch a couple of times last week on what it thought was coming. And when you got that going for you as a defense, you know, that's playing offense to a certain extent. And the other observation when start made me start smiling was your use of snicker snacker after I did. Those are those little bitty snickers you get on uh, during uh, Halloween, a snickersnacker. I do love those. I just made that up. That you don't. They should call them that, the snickersnacker. I do love those little bitty Snickers you get on Halloween. But they're tasty. Yeah, they're they're very good. Now I'm gonna go have to go get one because I haven't eaten yet today. Uh, so I'm gonna get out of here and go get something to eat, and then I'm gonna also get to work. Forty-year vet Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the Purdue Report or the Practice Report. No, it's the Purdue Report this week at Letterman Row. We will be back in here on Wednesday night for another edition of the Purdue Report. Uh, for Tim May, for Andy, I'm Spencer. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you back in here tomorrow night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.